Last episode, we discussed relativity. Now, what happens on first impressions when there is no data to compare? Do first impressions really last? Enter anchoring. Azael, aka the Pearl King, was scouring the globe in search of the most beautiful pearls. His business on the line with nowhere to go all you can do is to trust the ocean waves, where it would lead him to St. Tropez in France. On his voyage, he would meet a dashing young Frenchman, Jean-Claude Proyer. Asael was astonished. For a young man, Jean was pretty well off. The freshman explained that he recently sold his business for a blue lagoon paradise for himself and his Tahitian wife. Its turquoise waters house an unusual creature, black-lipped oysters, a curious little oyster that would make black pearls. Excited about his recent discovery, he bought it all the way from Polynesia to the U.S. And as there was virtually no demand for it, his first attempts were bitter defeat. How could he offset the cost of his little voyage? Perhaps he could sell it at low prices at a discount store, or he could bundle it up with some nice white pearls. A year later, still, no one paid attention to these valuable black pearls, until he got an idea. Later that day, he would present it to his old friend, Harry Winston, the legendary gemstone dealer. Winston agreed to display it on his store with an outrageous price tag, while Asael ran advertisement in the most glossiest magazine. There, it would show the deep and mysterious black pearls next to the blinding diamonds, rubies, and emeralds. How did the unnoticed black pearls suddenly found themselves in the neck of the upper class? The answer is anchors. It was introduced as a rare and luxurious item, so it became one, and it remained one. With no previous data, our brains anchored itself on the first impression and compares it from there. Another one that made a strong impression was Starbucks. It's not like they introduced us to coffee, right? Everyone knows the price of coffee. But how come they can sell it at 5 times or even 10 times the normal price? It's the 80s and you're walking furiously, knowing that Jim makes more than you. It's not fair. Resentful thoughts started pouring in that you got lost in the thick of it. Then you remember why you're agitated. It's because you haven't got your cup of coffee yet. Looking around, it seems like you've passed Dunkin' Donuts. Twice as angry, you press on. Stupid Jim, this is all his stupid fault. Couple of meters later, you come across a brand new coffee shop. Having an adventurous spirit, you walk in. And the moment you open the door, that sweet, and gentle coffee aroma hit your nose. 
almost as though as you've drank a cup just by the smell. Looking to the right, there's these weird machines with metal tubes, coffee beans on top, and fresh coffee at the bottom. Underneath that are rows and rows of pastries instead of donuts. Feeling good because of the jazz music playing. Chin held high, you approach the counter. But what's this? Short, tall, grande and venti. With drinks such as cafe americano, cafe misto, macchiato, and frappuccino. You get out not remembering the $6 for a cup of joe, but a different experience from your regular coffee shop, that's for sure. Starbucks is not your regular coffee shop. It was made to stand out. From the Italian cup sizes to the French pastries instead of donuts, and even baristas instead of waiters. Starbucks did everything in its power to be different and to feel different. So different, in fact, that we don't associate the prices at Dunkin' Donuts there. It made its own anchor. Now, the $6 cup of Joe is justified. Thanks, anchors. Anchors in numbers. So they had an experiment at students of MIT where they would have an auction. But before the auction, the participants were asked to jot down the last two digits of their social security number. The numbers written, they asked, are you willing to pay for the items with that amount? The auction began. Roll up the wines. This bottle received 86 points from Wine Spectator. It has flavor of red berry, mocha, and black chocolate. It has a medium boiled medium intensity, nicely balanced, and it makes for delightful drinking. He held up another bottle. This was a Hermitage Jabouillet La Chapelle, 1996, with a 92.3 rating from Wine Advocating Magazine. The finest La Chapelle since 1990. Now that the presentation was done, each of them was handed a piece of paper that has a list of all the items. 1A, 1B, wireless keyboard, and so on. Then, they were asked to write the last digit of their social security numbers in price form. 23 would be $23 and they would write that in each items. You know, wine A, $23, and so on. The students enjoyed this little exercise, but when asked if their social security number affected their last bid, they said, no way. But look at the data, and surely enough, they did. The students with the highest social security number, 80 to 99, bid highest. Conversely, those who got 20 and below bid the lowest. Don't get freaked out though, thinking that your credit card has a high number so it makes you spend more. The participants only use it as an anchor because they were asked, hey, do you want to pay for that in the same amount? But what about all these advertisements 
constantly bombarding us with prices. Well, then Ariely says, we're only anchored to the products who were eyeing. So, if you're shopping for vegetables, you won't get anchored to the TV. And that's the chapter for today. Stay curious. <laughs>